Welcome to Movies, Music, Etc. I'm your host, Kyle, and with me today is the man who actually took Sidney Prescott's virginity and stole Gail Weathers from Dewey, my co-host, Grant. And today, we're going over the 2022 Scream movie, which is the fifth in the franchise. This movie came out in 2022. It was directed by Matt Bettelini and Tyler Gilton? Gilton? I don't know. I'm not good with names. But uh, they are known for a few horror movies like VHS, Devils Do, Ready or Not, and they are gonna and they all, and they did do Scream Six. Matt is also the founder of a punk rock band called Link Eighty. Mm. Yeah, and uh, the budget for this movie was twenty four million dollars, which is uh, a little over half of what the other ones were. But it did make one hundred forty million, so financial success. That's right. Uh, for the summary of this movie, uh, 25 years after the streak of brutal murders that, that shocked the quiet town of uh, Woodsboro, California, a new killer dons the ghost face mask and begins targeting a group of teenagers to resurrect secrets of the town's secret past. Oh boy. Oh boy, indeed. Ah! You scared me. Sorry. <laughs> you bastard. Scream. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to add you right here to the cast. <laughs> so, this part, <laughs> this part of the segment, we are going to go over the cast. Okay. So, the new covers of the cast is Gina, or uh, Jenna Ortega, who plays Tara. She's the one that was been in the big Wednesday movie. She's the first girl in this movie. But, for the first time in the Scream franchise, she doesn't die. But holy shit, she should have, because she got brutal. And then there's uh, Mickey Madison, who plays Amber. Melissa Barrow, plays Sam, her sister. <laughs> Jack Quaid, who plays Richie. And Mason Gooding, who plays Chad. Which, that is the son of Cuban Gooding Jr. Oh. And uh, can you guess who's the parents of Jack Quaid? Of Jack, what? Wade? Quaid. Quaid? Oh, that's definitely Dennis. Yep, Dennis Quaid and his mom. <laughs> Meg Ryan. Yes, that's what I said. <laughs> but the returning cast is Nev Campbell as Sydney, Courtney Cox as Gail, David Arquette as Dewey, and he actually reprises his role since not being in since the first one, but Ski Aldrich, he played Billy Loomis. And he actually stood in for the voice because the daughter has flashbacks. Okay. Actually stands in for oh. the voice, and they barely had to de-age him because he because he aged so damn well. Really? Yep. And then Roger Jackson uh, replaced his role as the phone oh, the voice okay. on the phone. Yep. He's played the voice through every single one. Huh. And uh, as you remember, on every horror movie, we do a kill count. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, there was eight kills in this movie. Not as much as... It's more than the first one, but not as much as the other. But with eight kills and a runtime of 114 minutes, that gives you a kill on average every 14.25 minutes. Huh. And uh, since this is a scream movie and there's a lot of stabs in it, when Richie gets stabbed, we also have a stab count for him. <laughs> okay. He gets... One stab through the cheek, 21 stabs in the torso, and so I guess like father like daughter, because spoiler alert, uh, Sam is Billy's daughter. Okay. So, whoop whoop. 
then she cuts his throat. Hmm. That's all there is to it. But, uh, so in the beginning of this movie, they do a lot of homages to back to the original ones. Yeah. And I'll get back to that when I get when I show you the Easter eggs. But how this, the, the Jenna Ortega girl, mm-hmm. you, I can't understand why she doesn't die. So she starts playing with the knives just like Drew Barrymore did in the first one. But then after she starts freaking out, she she tries to open the door because typical scary movie trope, you have to open the door when there's a killer Outside. clearly watching you because he's stayed in it. But uh, opens the door, they play struggled back and forth with each other, and he slices her in the stomach. Okay. He She finally gets the door closed, but he still gets inside. Okay. He, uh, he's chasing her around the kitchen. He knocks her down. He goes to go stab her, and she's blocking, and the knife goes through her hand. <laughs> and then she's, like, trying to crawl away. Yep. Okay. And then she's trying to crawl away, so he stomps on her ankle, breaking her ankle and leg. And then she's trying to get out the door. He stabs her twice in the back. She Jesus. rolls over, and then all of a sudden, you like the you see police lights that go, like flash into the house. Yeah, and you see him come down one more time, and uh, it goes to the title card. The title, yeah. So I was like, "There's no way she lives." But then they spoil it like thirty seconds later that she was still alive. <laughs> so I was like, "Jesus." And so now we move on to my favorite part of the podcast, which is a fun fact that I got quite a few for you. Okay. So, uh, Mason Gooding, who plays Chad, or he's a Kim Gooding's Jr.'s kid, mm-hmm. he actually wrote an essay in college about the Scream movie. So when Mason Goodman was, uh, has been cast as, has cast as Chad, he was sharing with, uh, with all the boys and girls that he wrote an essay back when he was in college about how he loved the first movie. Gooding told the publication that when i met with the director i mentioned that i written a essay on scream and they asked if they could read it so i sent it along and now i'm in the movie <laughs> so i was like it's a good thing he preventively wrote something back in Catlin. <laughs> that's pretty cool actually yep and so uh, you know they have big budgets for movies nowadays mm-hmm. this one didn't ha- quite have a big budget considering what the other ones did in the 90s. Right. But considering what nowadays, you like a, a TV show will have a few million dollars per episode. Mm-hmm. And since this one only had $40 million, they had to make things as cheap as they can. So they instead of shooting on location, they ended up filming the movie on set, which you know makes a lot cheaper, but it also makes production a lot easier. Right. But the only thing that I noticed different from what's the... the from like the actual location from the first one to the one they built on set because they built a whole new house and they did exactly a replica except for one part which uh, they did place birdhouse or uh, bird art around the house because uh, Wes Craven was a big oh right was a pretty big bird avid watcher mm-hmm. and in the first movie when they have Sydney's dad they're hold, holding him in a pantry in the, in the kitchen yeah. That pantry door is no longer a pantry. That's the pan- that's the door that goes down to the basement in the new movie. Oh, okay. <laughs> so that's something I uh, caught on to because <laughs> I'm a weirdo. <laughs> but uh, Nev Campbell, David Arquette, and Courtney Cox created a warm feeling on set. According to Cinemablend.com, uh, Tyler Gillett, one of the directors, shared that Nev Campbell, Courtney Cox, and David Arquette made sure that everyone felt welcome on set, Gillett said. 
happy that by showing up, being willing to engage in a very personal level with all of the newcomers and stuff like that, yep. all the cast, the directors, and stuff like that, they created a sense of family. And it's sweet hearing this, and the fans would expect nothing less as it was the most must have been an incredible experience for the new actors to reunite again. And plus all these younger actors coming in and being part of something right. that's been going on for 40 years, you know, damn near 40. Wow. Well, 96, 30 some years. Not no, quite. 20 some years. Oh, okay. I'm getting that fun fact mixed up and we'll get to it though. So that's kind of cool. You hear with these kind of big at like Courtney Cox, she was pretty big before these movies even started right there. I think they were, already two seasons into friends yeah and she actually had she actually struggled to get this part because Wes craven didn't think she can be mean or bitchy enough to play gail <laughs> but it turns out pretty good yep uh, so the crew also worked on dawson's creek really? so the original writers so uh the new screen movie filmed in wilmington north carolina and kevin uh williamson who was the writer of this movie and the original ones Okay. He was the main writer in all of them. Uh, told U.S. Weekly that many of the crew members worked on Dawson Creek, so it was a, kind of an uh, emotional reunion. William said it was it was kind of wild. Half the crew was on Dawson's Creek, and it was just like you were coming home. Yep. Which it's funny because <laughs> during a screen movie, you really don't want to come no, home. No, you don't. <laughs> <laughs> and so uh, when I was looking up things, I didn't realize this, but. Uh, I was listening to uh, Hot Ones on YouTube. Yep. Uh, they do the hot sauce challenges or what, the wings challenge. Yep. And it had uh, Jenna Ortega on it. And she was talking about, because this guy asked her this. And he goes, David Arquette taught the cast how to paint. And he goes, in an interview with Collider.com, David Arquette shared that he is a Bob Ross instructor. And what? he taught the whole cast how to paint. He explained, I wanted to do something special. So I got, look at them, all my Bob Ross kits, and then we did, like, an art class. The only person that didn't get to do it was Jenna Arquette, because she was filming scenes by herself when they had the time to do all this. Oh, okay. So she was like, oh, it really sucked. I really missed out. That would have been really cool. Mm -hmm. But uh, she said, since she missed that, David Arquette took everyone's paintings and made, like, a, like a, a visual tunnel, like a, like a, I don't know. I don't know what oh, I know what you're. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and let her walk down and see everyone's pictures of it. And she goes, "They were all really good. Everyone did such a good job, you know." So I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, <laughs> but she explained that on the hot ones. So. Uh, through it was billed as a relaunch of the franchise. The film is a direct sequel to the 2011 Scream Four, and it is the first one in the series. Not to have West Cra uh, be directed by Wes Craven since he died in 2015. Yeah. So that's that's kind of sad. But they do a bunch of hom homages in this movie to Wes Craven. So it really makes me happy that they put so much effort in to still include him. And uh, Neff Campbell, did, like she almost refused to come back. Yeah. Because she's like, no, Wes Craven's not part of it. And then the producer sent her a letter from Wes Craven talking about how the screen franchise meant so much to him and how if things kept going, they wanted everyone to be part of it still. So that's that, so cool. Yeah. So that made her come back and be part of it. And I'm glad it did. But so, uh, Wes Craven was missed. Uh, Wes Craven's best movies of all 
be all the beloved part of the horror genre and from the Scream franchise all the way to Nightmare on Elm Street. The fans and the cast and crew of Scream are sad to imagine a new movie without the legendary director. David Arquette told Collider.com that it, there was well, there was been hard moments. I mean, it definitely was hard not having Wes here, but having the crew that have done in all the previous films, it was kind of like he made it less painful, but it was still emotional. So, and I could, and like that makes me feel pretty good about like how, like everyone was just part, of, like they really wanted to be part of it, and, and like hearing all this, it makes me really sad about it. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, dang it. <laughs> so, uh, another fun fact is uh, Matthew Leonard wished he could be part of Scream 5, hence, like, because he died in the first one. Right. And there's some improv in that. Like, when he stabbed him twice because they had to, like, frame uh, frame Sydney's dad for murder. Oh, that's right. Yeah. And he's so mad because Sydney ends up getting away and calling him on the phone. He gets mad and he mm-hmm. says he was like, he's trying to, like, be mean and like slap the phone down what well, slipped out of his hand and he hit Matthew with it <laughs> and that was an ad lib line he goes you just hit me with the phone you dick <laughs> <laughs> so that was a completely ad lib part and they ended up keeping it in there but part of the fun of, for the first screen movie is figure out who the killer is which it was kind of easy because like uh, Billy Loomis and Stu they made it pretty obvious but they made tropes in there that like oh billy got arrested right when this happened yeah i get it i don't know it was like it was easy to do but they knew they were trying to confuse you so you can be like well was it really them but as it turns out there was there was always two sydney's boyfriend billy and his goofy friends do there is a then there was a quimpy and funny tone in the movie really plays out when Stu becomes stressed out about the things that was going on and uh matthew leonard told internet tonight that he would be excited to reprise this role and he said i would love to come back but of course Stu dies and scream so it might be tricky the actor did share that original idea for scream 3 was to have Stu that actually lived and he was hiding uh, he's been hiding but then the plans changed <laughs> so they were going to bring him back i love him as an actor uh he actually says one of my favorite lines in the entire Scream movie, I, I like you were saying, like you were saying, uh, they kind of tried to throw you off to the fact that they're the ones that are killers. Yeah, but at the same time, they know so much about what happens at each death. And yep. the classic liver alone, get, get it, get it, liver alone. It was funny, guys. Yeah, <laughs> when they're that, they're sitting on the the fountain yep. at school or whatever. That's one of my favorite lines in that movie. My, my favorite part is when he's complaining because he's off in the background. Oh, yeah. His monologue, and he's like, I'm kind of bleeding out here, man. <laughs> Ow, that hurts. Like, oh. Yeah, because he stabs him twice. <laughs> he's like, ow. Such a... <laughs> we shouldn't laugh about this, but he like makes it comical. Like He brings in a little bit of relief in a very heavy situation. Yeah. Yeah, that was pretty good. So, fans were unsure about calling it Scream because they don't call it Scream 5. And this was actually uh, a pretty big deal yeah. to people. And I have a fun fact later on about it. but uh, They didn't want to call it Scream 5 because if you noticed in the Stab movies, they go up to like all the way up to 8. Yeah. But they don't call Stab 8 Stab 8. They just call it Stab. Like, re 
because they're trying to do a like a homage to like the new Halloween movies. They just called them Halloween. Same called Halloween like eight or nothing like that. Right. And it was upsetting fans for whatever dang reason. But when the new Scream movie was first announced, it seemed like it would naturally be called Scream Five. But as time went on, the filmmakers shared that they wanted to just call it Scream with no number attached. In an interview with Empire, uh, Tyler Gillett shared that some fans weren't certain about calling it just Scream. He said, for a multitude of reasons, a lot had, we got a lot of feedback over the choice of calling it just Scream, and all which were valid. So many iconic Scream scenes, it was wondered if the audience was, uh, you can tell that the audience had a very strong opinion about it. But if you want to know about movies, you know how they made the parody Scary Movie? Right. That was actually the first original title for the Scream movie franchise at all. Really? It was supposed to be called Scary Movies, but the showrunner was like, let's just call it Scream. I think it, uh, uh, not Miramax. Uh, the sicko Weinstein's guy owned it, uh, owned the production company. They're the ones that ended up coming up with that. But they're like, let's change it to Scream. <laughs> and it really upsets me that they have their paws on this. But Yeah. But, uh, but another little fun fact. In this movie, Nev Campbell had an input on Sydney's lines about having a gun in okay. the movie. Uh, in the trailer of... In the 2022 Scream movie, doesn't give away a lot much, but it does show Sydney walking and talking on the phone. Okay. And she says, and she goes, uh, when Dewey's like, do you have a gun? And she's like, I'm Sydney Prescott. Of course I have a fucking gun. <laughs> <laughs> but in an interview with Empire, the director explained that Neff Campbell gave feedback, especially on the mem- uh, memorable line, you know, said that the line that... Uh, Nev had or suggested on, and we loved how it played out, so we kept it in the story. Hmm. So, so uh, <laughs> bear with me on this one. Uh, <laughs> age is just a number, and let me explain. Okay. <laughs> 31-year-old Melissa Byrne, uh, Beria, she plays 23-year-old Sam. In fact, Jenna Orte- uh, Ortega is the only actor playing a high schooler in this film who was actually a teenager. All the other actors were 20 and up. Jenna uh, is now 20, but when they were filming, she was only 19. That's that's really not uh, out of the ordinary for Hollywood. They don't really get people that are much older. Well, in Greece, Rizzo was like in her 30s. She looked in her 30s in Greece. And that was back in the 70s, so... (laughs) Yeah, you're right. So, uh... Another fun fact is uh, when Scream 5 was released on January 14th, 2022, it would have been 25 years old in 25 days since the original film came out on December 20th, 1996. Mm. So a little, little fun. And uh, also in uh, Hollywood Life interview, Dick, uh, David Arquette says that he would have loved to have uh, Hayden Pantateras. Uh, Pantier, yeah, her character Kirby (laughs) to return in Scream 5. She is on the IMDb list, but the only time I can see her or or know that she's around is her voice. Okay, otherwise, I don't don't see any of her in the film, and I even looked three times. So, 
And I do have a fun fact about voices. <laughs> she's the... Yeah, I'll do it again. Go on, sorry. Yeah, she's the final girl in four. Uh, David Arquette said he was excited to regrow his now famous mustache. And <laughs> <laughs> which he... He had a lot more scruff in this one too, but he definitely still had the mustache. But uh, In an interview on the Drew Barry show... Jen Ortega said the cast watched the first Scream movie on a projector and they ate popcorn on Halloween night in 2020. <laughs> so this movie was being made two years ago. Which I which it did come out on Paramount. Paramount Plus. Yeah. It didn't go to theater, so that's why Oh, okay. Yeah, it was a it was strictly on the streaming service. It came out about the same right around the same time as the TV show, right? Uh, no, the TV show was, I think, a year earlier. Oh, okay. But that's why I was like, how do they determine how much it really made? Because it didn't go to theaters. Like, do they just count all the subscriptions oh, and how many yeah. times it was watched? So, like, I imagine the the earnings would have been a lot higher if it was a movie theater. If it went to the theaters and, like, not in, you're not one household where five people see the same right. thing. So, but, uh. Dimension Films lost the rights to the Scream franchise that they had that they've been holding on to since the first movie in 1996. Lantern Entertainment and Spyglass Media Group bought the rights to some of the other Dimension uh, Dimension franchises, including some Russian one, the Scary Movie, the Scary Movie, like the parody Scary oh, Movie. Oh, okay. And Children of the Corn movie that was remade back in uh, 2018. They remade that movie. I didn't know that. Yeah. Oh, and now we have our our answer for the wine schemes. Uh, the film's ju- distributor, Paramount, had gained the, di- the distribution rights for the first three Scream films when it was purchased in the majority stakeholder of Merrimax. Merrimax, okay. Yeah, Merrimax. In April of 2020, Paramount was also the sister company to MTV, which aired the Scream TV series. Okay. So I didn't realize they were sister companies. I didn't either. But it makes sense as to why they always do the MTV intro when you're watching something on Paramount Plus. Yeah, and I, if I remember correctly, when they first seen the Scream movies, it showed the MTV logo. Yeah. Program. But granted, MTV was a lot bigger in the 90s, so. Uh, killed the radio star, but. Yeah, <laughs> it did. And actually, uh, I was going to wait until we were doing a, uh, just a circling music video about, because I, I found a video about the very first like host of MTV music when MTV first yeah. came on. I thought that would be a pretty cool thing to have. But on September 1st, 2020, it was announced that Jack Quaid from the Amazon TV series, The Boys, would have been added to, will be added to the cast of Scream 5, which if you haven't seen The Boys, you should, because it is awesome. I haven't watched it. I'll have to... It's a superhero show. Oh, yeah, I have seen it. It's if, these, if people, like nowadays, had these superpowers, what it'd really be like. And it'd be a horrible, horrible day. <laughs> Coincidentally, his mother, Meg Ryan, was referenced in the original Scream movie when Dewey tells Sydney that he sees her as the young Meg Ryan. <laughs> Clearly, his parents are both big actors in Meg Ryan and uh, Dennis Quaid. But yeah, then I, was, I was trying to remember that line, and he was there walking through that movie store when he says it. But... I didn't realize that Meg Ryan was... His mom was with Dennis Quaid. Uh, I knew that, but I just didn't remember it. Like, it was something I knew years ago. But Also, fun fact about Dennis Quaid, he's uh, 
got the record for most sports movies been in. Uh, who is Dennis? And well, who would be his uncle? Uh, uh, he has the most famous line <laughs> in all of cinema. Shitter's full. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Randy. Randy. Uh, Shitter's full. Cousin Eddie. <clears throat> <laughs> yes. So this was uh, the. This was a fun fact I got mixed up earlier, but Nev Campbell, Courtney Cox, and David Arquette have played the same characters over four decades. In 1996 and 1997, okay. 2000, 2000, 2011, yep. and 2022. That's, what That's I like, awesome. Oh, you said 40. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was like, that was like, and so. And she's still hot. I don't care. When I was young and I saw Nev Campbell and Courtney Cox, I'm yeah. like, what was that? They're gonna, I'm going to stick around and watch this movie. So, I don't care how scared I get. So before this movie, Nev Campbell was in uh, The Craft. Okay. So that was her, one of her big ones. Mm-hmm. But I want to say it was before 1996, too, that she was in the movie Wild Things. With uh, Yes, with, uh, uh, oh, shoot. Oh, man, uh, it was her. She played uh, uh, Denise Richards. Say by the, oh, wait, no. I'm thinking of somebody. <laughs> Whoops. Never mind. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was her. I want to say Denise Richards. Yeah, she was. Oh, it was 1998. Oh, it was after this. So we're just going to say that Scream got her this right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Denise Richards is in that. Uh, I'm trying to think of the, the guy, Dylan something. Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, blah, 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 blah. Matt Dylan. Yeah, Matt Dylan. That was right on the tip of my tongue. Kevin Bacon's in it. Oh my god, he is, isn't he? Yeah. That's why you can always do seven steps. Like Bill Murray. Game. Bill Murray. Bill Murray's in there? Yeah, he plays Ken Bo- Bowden. That sounds like a Bill Murray. <laughs> <name>. <laughs> Bill Bowden. <laughs> so those are for the fun facts, but I uh, I do have some Easter eggs that you might have missed. Oh. And since you haven't seen the movie, you can definitely spot these. Oh, spoiler alert, if you haven't been paying attention to our podcast, there's a lot of movies I don't see before we do the podcast. Yeah, either either make him watch them or he gets to watch them afterwards. <laughs> but you have seen the original one. So I these, have. I've so, seen the first four. So hopefully you'll be able to catch these ones. Some of them are super fast and I had to really like really pause at the right moment. Okay. But you're going to like a lot of these. So... uh as I mentioned earlier, Tara plays with the knife just like Casey did in the original Scream movie. Mm-hmm. And the opening uh, opening scene in Scream 5, it mirrors the opening scene in the original Scream. She's making Jiffy Pop, too. She's she's making something. I don't remember what it is. Popcorn, Jiffy Pop over the... That's what... Yeah, but there's no fire. Okay. <laughs> Not only does Tara answer the phone to a stranger, uh, just like Casey, but the stranger is Ghostface. Ghost Voice then begins a quiz to quiz Tara on scary movies and threatens to kill someone close to her, just like Casey did in the 1996 film. Uh, the, the biggest nod was, however, if Tara was playing with the knives during the thing, like, on the... Butcher's Block? Yeah, the Butcher's Block thing, so that was kind of cool. But, in that same scene, it's like, we find out who else is in the stab cast. You know how in the second movie they're talking, they're going over like the casting of people. Yeah, you don't get to see who does everybody. So there's a couple of things in this one that shows it. Okay. So the main difference between the opening scenes 
in the Scream movie is that there is now a whole new set of horror movies to reference. For example, Casey's favorite scary movies was Halloween and Tara's was The Babadook, which I haven't seen. I've never heard of The Babadook. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's creepy, but it's definitely a nowadays scary movie. Okay. On top of that, uh, there is also the fictional Stab movie that exists inside the Scream universe. So they right. do know about Stab inside this new movie. And Ghostface quizzes Tara on all things Stab. Okay. So to answer one of Ghostface's questions, Tara opens uh, Stab's IMDb page. Okay. And it shows a full Stab cast list. And we find out in Scream 2 that Sydney is actually played by Tara Sp- uh, Spelling. And Billy Loomis is played by Luke Wilson. But now we know that Greg uh, Ber- uh, Berko played Cotton, who was the original guy blamed for Sydney's mom's murder. Right. And Vince Vaughn played Stu, and the clueless legend Alicia Silverstone played Tatum. <laughs> Meanwhile, we learn that Randy is played by an unknown actor, just as he said back in the, the screen too. He's like, they got Tor Spelling to play Sid, and they got Joe Blow nobody to play oh, me. Yeah, yeah. And he goes, at least Dewey gets David Schwimmer. (laughs) (laughs) So we got to see who got to play a little bit more. We still don't know who got to play Randy, though. And so uh, Sam Carpenter's name was a nod to to Halloween and Psycho. Mm -hmm. So Sam Carpenter's name is no coincidence. Her surname is a reference to John Carpenter, who directed Halloween. Given that Sam's real dad is Billy Loomis, her name is also, would also be Sam Loomis. And Sam Loomis happens to be the same name of the main character in Halloween, Dr. Dr. Loomis, which Scream is inspired by, and Psycho, which Halloween is inspired by. I didn't realize that. That's that's some deep thinking. I might be reaching on that one, but I I was just making connections. (laughs) But uh, Sam's uh, vision's reference of one of Billy's quotes. Uh, Throughout Scream 5, Sam has visions of her dead father. He lurks uh, he back to say something which Billy Loomis says in the first film. Sydney says she is haunted by the murder of her mother, and Billy adds, it's like Jodie Foster in The Silence of the Lambs, when she keeps having the flashbacks of her dead father. Now, Sam is like Jodie Foster in Silence of the Lambs, and Billy is her dead father. Mm-hmm. So, yep. But that's the whole trope of the Scream movies was the was to make references to all the horror movies beforehand. Right. So, like, it, it, what makes it self-aware. It's really cool. So, uh, the Dawson's Creek cameo has some familiar faces. When Tara's in the hospital, you can see... James them, Vanderbeek. You can see them watching <laughs> Dawson's Creek. Oh. This is a nod to the fact that the writer behind the, the first Scream, uh, Kevin Williamson, created Dawson's Creek. And on top of that, Scream 3 icon... Scott Foley and Scream Two star Joshua Jackson appeared in Dawson's Creek in the Dawson's Creek clip that they were watching on oh, the TV. That's <laughs> pretty. That's like okay, but it's a very small clip. And if like if I I didn't watch Dawson's Creek all the time back then, but I like I I seen it. I started making the reference to it. And I was like, there's got to be since like this movie is full of. Like impactful things from back in the nineties. Right. There's got to be something, and turn out it was. I uh, so. <laughs> be honest with you, I've never seen an episode of Dawson's Creek. The only reason I know what Dawson's Creek is is because of Jonathan Moxon. Box City Blues. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Not ashamed to say it. 
So in this movie, they finally bring back Red Right Hand. And so Red Right Hand by the Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds playing an important role in the first three movies. It's like, it's the Red Right Hand. I don't remember that at all. Yeah, it's it. It's like the... It plays in the first three movies. Oh! It's like... Yeah, 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 yeah. Yes. It's pretty much the... The theme the song. to it. Yeah, and, I know what you're talking about. But uh, a lot of fans missed seeing that in the fourth film. But the song makes its triumphant return in Scream 5, though, where Vince hears it playing in his car stereo before he gets stabbed to death by Ghostface. So... And once you do watch this movie, this guy, Vince, is just a Morgan Wallen-looking motherfucker. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, uh, this one's kind of sad. <laughs> Dewey's photos, because you see him in his trailer. Cause yeah. In this, in this movie, they're divorced. Oh. Uh, he... Just like they're in real life. Yeah, they are. And so, <laughs> that brings up another fun fact. that, Like, when they were doing the scenes together, when they first meet each other again. Yeah. Because... Uh, after the screen format, they move to New York so she can be a big news reporter in New York. Mm-hmm. And I guess he only stays there for two months. And then he ends up moving back and they just end up getting divorced in it. Okay. But uh, the photos in oh, David yeah, Arquette's yeah. actual trailer are ones from actual real life. David Arquette oh. or Dewey used to, uh, used to be married to Courtney Cox, who plays Gail, in real life. And when you see some of the old photos of Dewey and Gale together in Dewey's trailer, the pictures are actual photos that uh, David and Courtney took together before they got divorced. And David Arquette actually provided all the photos and stuff. Wow. Like, that's yeah. some... Yeah, because you see him... Like, if, like, if she didn't know that, and she walks in and she sees that, she's like, uh, yeah. you know, kind of... Yeah, and it's not actually... It's got to be tough for him, too. I mean... So, there is a when they first meet each other in one scene... They had to do a few takes because it was the first time they've seen each other in, I want to say, like five years or something like that, or 25 oh, years or whatever. Yeah. And and so they're, because a, a few murders already happened. And so they're coming there and talking. And they said they started getting choked up and emotional. Like even the cast, like people holding like the boom mics and stuff, started like crying. Oh, like, wow. They were so emotional because they talk about it like, you left me. And you oh. I was like, oh, man. I was like, good on them for finishing that, but there's also pictures of dogs that he has on his fridge, mm-hmm. and those are actually rescue dogs that he's rescued throughout the through the period of time, last couple decades. Yeah. So I thought that was pretty cool. But uh, uh, Tatum makes an appearance in this one. His sister who died in... In the first one. In the first one, yeah. Tatum is one of the original Scream's most beloved characters, and Scream 5 keeps her memory alive. In Dewey's home, you can see that he keeps his sister's ashes. Like, there's an urn there, and there's, like, a plaque that says Tatum on there. Okay. So that's, that's kind of... That was kind of sad. I was like, oh, that's, that's fine that they bring that in. Uh, yeah. But uh, another one is Gail reference to her iconic bangs. In the scene in Dewey's trailer, he's watching Gail's morning show, because he talks about it. He goes, she goes, I haven't seen you. He goes, I see you every morning. Because he'll watch her on the morning show. Oh, right, right, right. And so, uh, where she's actually introducing a segment on bangs. And of course, <laughs> this is a reference to her as a worthy short bangs from Scream 3 that fans still talk about today. <laughs> so I remember in Scream 3, they all talked about like bangs. Because they weren't like in style anymore, but she right. had them for that. And so everyone, so they made like a little fun little stab at her for that. But 
uh, Sydney's husband is a familiar face. Sydney. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, we never see Sydney's husband in Scream Five, but we do learn that that he's called Mark. Given that the only Mark in the Scream franchise is Detective Mark Kincaid, played by Jack Dempsey from Scream Three, mm-hmm. it seems likely that Sydney and Mark are now together. Mm-hmm. Not hard. Not, uh, Nev actually confirmed that it is Kincaid in an interview with the screen with Screen Rant. She said, "Yeah, someone told me that yesterday. I didn't realize." It when I when I was saying it, but uh, you know what? What's so funny is I played Patrick's sister in Grey's Anatomy after that, so it was kind of weird. Yeah. (laughs) And so, uh, there was a character in there called Wes. One of the one of the teenagers was called Wes. Okay. uh, This one's pretty obvious because Wes Craven directed the original four screen films before he passed away. So naming a character after him is touching, is a touching tribute. And at first, I thought this was super insensitive. You're like, he just died, and he's a character who dies. And uh, oh yeah, I didn't think of it's a true officer Trudy, not Trudy. uh, Oh, what's her name? She's in the fourth film. She's an officer. Well, she's. I got a fun fact about her. Anyway, oh, the next one, Uh, Judy. Yeah, yeah, officer Judy. Uh, her her and her son died in this one. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, okay. that's kind of insensitive. But then they have another scene later on that, that kid was like a really good homage to it. But uh, but if you might have missed that the characters literally hold as a West Memorial Party at the end of the movie because after he dies, they're like, they're throwing a... You know how... Yeah. So, you know, in the first one when Stu was throwing the party at his house yep. for the big... Because they closed school and stuff, so... When Wes died, they want to throw a big party for him. So when they did it in the, at the end of this film, they were like, they have a, a big banner that says for Wes at the party. And essentially Scream 5 is literally a Wes Craven memorial party that the entire film is a celebration of his life and career. Yeah. So it was kind of cool because they're That's like, awesome. the banner says like for Wes and the guys like he, one of the kids like shuts everyone up. He goes, hey, for Wes. And so they all like, drank to him as like okay you know it makes more sense now so but uh so any scream 4 fan knows that judy's lemon squares are iconic she repeatedly uh, bakes them for dewey and gail who tells her they taste like shit they take like taste like ass fast forward to scream 5 and you can spot that judy leaves a note for her son wes in the kitchen that says lemon squares in the fridge Shortly before both characters are brutally stabbed <laughs> to death. And I will say, the killings in this are pretty awesome. Brutal. Like, they're brutal. Like, they're, it's not like, like, gore porn or like that. It's not like, it's not like, out of, it's not Rob Zombie version. Oh, okay. It's, 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 it's not necessarily bland, but they do, like, good job. On okay. It. So, uh, as we were talking earlier about Hayden Pantateri, Pant- Pantateri. Her character Kirby from the fourth film. Yeah. Well, she's alive. Okay. So you like we all think she died in Scream Four. Right. So fans of the long have long wondered if Kirby Hayden's uh, character made it out of Scream Four alive, and now we know the uh, know that she actually did. In one Scream Five scene, Richie is watching a video on YouTube about the new Stab film, and the next recommended film is. Interview with survivor Kirby Reed. Oh. And know what's a really cool thing about that scene is the 
video he's watching about the stab films is it's like a YouTube channel called uh, Movie Fails, but it's actually the host of the of Dead Meat where I get oh where you get kill from. from. So yeah, they invited them. To, they had them. That's awesome. Produce like make a a fake a fake, a fake video. Sent it to the them. Movie. They didn't know what it was going to be for or nothing like that, but they ended up adding it in the movie. That's awesome. So that was pretty cool. And then I was watching the kill count for this, and he's like, he's pointing it out. He's like, and then this thing goes, oh yeah, we got to do a cameo for the movie, <laughs> which was like the coolest thing him and his wife has ever done. And then he goes into like how he actually got to tour the house and stuff like that. But uh, but another thing I told you, so <laughs> Dewey's trying to contact when he calls Sid, yeah, saying, hey, this is happening again. Do you have a gun, kind of thing? Well, he also sends a text to <laughs> to Gail. He's like, hey, things are happening here again. And he sends a smiley face. Sends it. He goes, oh, I shouldn't have sent that smiley face. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like typical Dewey. Yeah. Like, and it reminded me of the first film when uh, after Sydney's attack the first time right. and his sister Trudy was like, oh, she, he's like, where are you guys going to stay? And she's like, she's staying at our house. And he's like, does mom know? She goes, yeah, Dewey. Mom knows. <laughs> and, then he's, and then they actually go to the house. <laughs> and this is what makes Dewey so funny because that reminded me of when because he was an officer, a right? Young one, but still living with his mom, right? And his sister kept talking trash to him. He goes, "Remember what mom said? When I have this badge on, you need to treat me like an authority, you know." <laughs> but uh, when you, he's going through his contacts, you can spot uh, in his contacts that Kirby is saved in one of the contacts in Dewey's phone. Oh. So I thought that was kind of cool. And so uh, we were talking about the Stab 8 movie and how it's just called Stab and how people got super upset. Right. Well, uh, Rain Johnson being the director for Stab 8 in the in the universe in the, of yeah. Stab, he's the director. Well, it's no coincidence throughout Screen 5 that we learned that Stab 8 is widely ridiculed and hated by fans but for not say, staying true to the original Stab films. But in real life... Uh, Rain Johnson was a, was very uh, accused by the fans of ruining the Star Wars films because uh, he's the one who directed Star Wars: The Last Jedi. Oh, okay, and that's like the most hated one out of all the new Star Wars, and so they put that little trope in there to like tease him a little bit. Right. So I thought that was pretty funny. And so, uh, a, another fun fact is uh, Sam. Billy's daughter, mm-hmm. she wipes uh, her knife just like Ghostface did in the beginning. You know how he, every time he killed, he'd grab it and like wipe it clean? Yeah. Which you find out in the first one that the stunt double, the stunt actors that are doing that, did that on their own will because they're like, no, because we don't want to stab someone and their blood be all over it. Then we go to the next scene, there's no blood on it. Right. So that was their way of oh, just making continuity. Making sure that there's no blood on it. Gotcha. Yep. So that was. So at the end of the film. Sam stabs Richie to death with a vision of her father, Billy, looking on like with pride. And then she wipes the blade off like of the knife to finish. And the fans, fans spotted it that eerily similar ghost face fashion. He just grabs it with his hands and like wipes it clean. Yep. So I was like, and then actually when I went back and watched the first one, they do it literally every single time. So I was like, dang. But I got a couple more for you here. The final shot is the same as the original. Just like in Scream, Scream 5 ends with the camera panning out on Stu's house after the chaos and bloodshed 
as it just happened inside. So, like, it's panning out. It's, they clearly had to make, like, a fake background because it was all on set. Right. But it was, like, that crane rising look. So I thought that was pretty cool. But if we go back to when Tara was looking up the IMDb page. Mm-hmm. So on the IMDb page that Tara looks up, it shows that Principal Arthur uh, Hembury from the Stab movies was played by Ron Howard, who oh, played in Happy Days with, with Henry, Henry Winkler, Winkler. who yep. played the actual Principal Hembury in the first Scream movie. Yep. So, so I thought, like, again, I think it's reaching, but I think that's fun it's, making those yeah, connections. It, it, I don't think you're reaching at all. I'm pretty sure it was put there for a reason. Yeah, too good to me. <laughs> uh, when when Sam is talking to Richie about the stab movies when they're on their way back to Woodsboro, he he said he's never seen them. And after she explains to, to him that, uh, explains the stab movies to him, yep. he says it kind of looks like a Halloween movie. It kind of sounds like a Halloween movie, which is the inspiration of the Scream movies. Yeah. So, But for my final one here, uh, when you... When you when they say to West mm-hmm. at the party, there's a bunch of uh, voice cameos that they have in there, okay. and some of those voice cameos were from the Scream alums, like uh, Matthew Lillard. Uh, mm-hmm. Lillard's in there, Jamie Kennedy, Henry Winkler, the writers of the other Scream oh. movies, Wes Craven's wife, and Drew Barrymore did all their voice cameos to that to West yeah. in that in that scene, but Drew Barrymore actually was in earlier in the movie she plays uh, the principal's voice over the pa system early in the movie when they have to set a curfew you hear okay, her talking yep. and she does have like a very distinct voice yeah so but <laughs> that is all the fun facts and easter eggs i have for you uh i'm very excited for scream six to come out yeah this friday so i'll probably go see that i won't go see it if you want to watch the the Scream Five first, and then you go to see Scream Six together. What if we go? What if I watch Scream Five tomorrow, and we go to Scream Six on Friday? Well, we'll keep. We can get into it, and oh. after the episode, okay. Why we can't do that? But yeah. I'm willing to wait. I am going to take Carla to it because now she's she's a... <laughs> she's into these movies, and I was at a very proud father moment. She guessed without seeing the prior movie, so she didn't know the rules. Like the Scream yep. ru- movie the, rules, yep. she guessed that there was two killers and who they both were. Within really, forty minutes of the movie. No kidding. Yeah, it was so hard for me to be like, oh, "You've seen this before," <laughs> and stuff like that. I was like, <laughs> and then like, and I didn't think she would want to watch it because she used to not be into horror movies at all, but now she's getting into horror movies. Well, she sat and watched Child's Play with us. Yeah, that Saturday. She wasn't really big into it. But no. She was into this one. She wanted to see this one because of Jenna Ortega. She was just a big fan of the Wednesday show. Right. And then when she started seeing Billy Loomis, the actor, yeah. uh, Ski uh, Ulrich, yep. she was like, hey, that's Jughead's dad in Riverdale. <laughs> so I was like, I don't know. I don't watch Riverdale, but Jughead, that sounds like an Archie comic. Yeah, you know? that and is, it is. Archie and then Jughead. I looked up what Riverdale <laughs> yeah. was. It's like an adult version of Archie. Oh, I didn't realize that. I've yeah. never seen it either. And I was like, uh, okay. But uh, I will say, I do like horror movies like this. They, they're they're not necessarily trying to remake the original or make their own version of something that's already iconic. They're 
continuing know. the legacy. Yeah, they got their new genre of saying it called colon a requel. Okay. So, but like I was, I was actually very happy with this movie. They did a very pretty good homage to Wes Craven, which made me very happy because yeah, he's one of my favorite horror directors. Uh, and I can't believe they have this top, in a fun fact. But definitely top two or three horror directors. Wes Craven was actually the third director they asked to do this. Oh, really? Before he passed? Yeah, uh, back in the 90s. He was the third director oh, they picked. Oh, for the original screen. Yep, but uh, Sam Raimi, they picked him, but he chose because he was doing the Evil Dead series, I yep. think. And there was another, another horror director, uh, probably John Carpenter, they asked him. Yeah. He's like, nah, I'm too busy kind of thing right now. And then they went to Wes Craven. He's like, nah, no. But then he took it upon himself to... He's like, you know what? Let's reinvent the new the, the slasher genre, you know? Yeah. So that's what he did. It, so. it, I think he... Uh, oh, he did a great job, in my opinion. I, have, I mean, and I'm not the, a big horror movie fan, but he brings the thriller and the killing in, and it's not gory and there's a storyline and yeah you know I, I, I like i said i enjoyed the movie so but that's all we have today uh go ahead if you want to hear us talk more about the scream movies go ahead and uh follow uh watch watch listen. and listen to after the episode thanks for joining us thank you